following podcast is for mature audiences only. It may contain explicit language or content. If you are under the age of 18, Fortnite is gone. Plus, this podcast will most certainly contain nudity, and you don't want to hear that. Welcome to the New with Tags podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Jamie. We are a longtime married couple enjoying the latest chapter in our lives. We hope that through sharing our personal insights and the advice we'd give our 20-year-old selves, we will encourage you to live your most authentic life wherever you are in your journey. Hey, I thought this was supposed to be a sexy podcast. And yes, there will be some fun and sexy stories while I wear my newest tag lingerie. Let's get started. What are we waiting for? Carpe diem. Seize the day. Hi, Paul. Hi, Jamie. How are you tonight? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you doing? I am doing great. We Good. are We are headed into the holiday season. And you are dressed appropriately for that. I am dressed appropriately, and you are wearing the glitter. I am wearing part of glitter, so are you. I know. Uh, you are wearing a red velvet halter mm-hmm. that comes down to about the waist, and at the waist, it, it's red up top, and then it's all white feather all the way around. Very Santa-like. Very Santa-like. Or Mrs. Claus, I guess I'm technically Mrs. Mrs. Claus. Mrs. Claus might wear the glitter. We, we we were at a craft store earlier getting Christmas things. Yeah, that's a good time. Yeah. But we were there and we are checking out. And I don't know how we got covered in glitter, but our person checking us out, playful as she was, looks at me with glitter all around my mouth. I don't know how you got and, the glitter on your and mouth. I don't either. Like, oh my gosh, how did and, that happen? And she said... Well, at least you were with her when you got that. I know. So I think you're okay for tonight. So she did actually say that. I thought that, that was so funny. I'm like, she's on it. She is fun. That she was funny. She knows stuff. <laughs> she knows stuff. She might be part of our tribe when we just don't she know. She might. That's true. We've run across others that way. That's true. Um, yeah. You look very nice. Thank you very much. Yeah. So uh, it's time for another episode. I can't believe it. it seems like we've just recorded and we're going to try to get a couple in here in the next few days heading into the holidays before the family comes in and we actually have some time to sit and podcast. So that's a good thing. It'll be good. Yeah. Anytime you're in sexy laundry, it works for me. That's true. Yeah. It is new with tags. I, you know, it was funny. I'm like, I didn't go out and buy this for today. Like I bet I've had this for four years. Maybe. Like several years. Yeah. It's pretty bad. I, so we'll get picture. We'll do a picture in front of the Christmas tree. Yeah, we'll do a picture in front of the Christmas tree. Yeah. All right. So what's hot this week in uh, social media and in media in general is that Peloton commercial. Yeah, those are funny. Oh my gosh. Well, the commercial itself isn't terribly funny. All of the slams, all the parodies are. Oh my gosh. So the woman comes downstairs, eyes closed. You know, and he's sort of like surprise, and she's like a Peloton bike. Now let, let's just stop there. Maybe she had a Peloton bike on her Christmas Christmas list. list. It's not an inexpensive gift. Nope. It's a lovely gift if it's something she really wants. Would have been a good thing for Peloton to like have at least like shown him like checking something off of the Christmas list, list, right? Would have been much better. But all in all, it's okay. You know, they show this is a progression through the commercial of from, you know, her first ride and she's nervous. And and so she's doing this. looks like she's posting to social media every day. Every day, yep. Day six or day five, you know, five days in a row. Can you believe it? And it's just, had it been set up appropriately, it wouldn't have been so jarring. Yes. (laughs) By the audience. (laughs) Oh my gosh, so bad. So 
she goes through the the year, you know, and then they play a video and she's like, I didn't realize how much this would change my life. And, you know, part of the problem is that she is about 105 pounds to start with. Very fit. She doesn't look much different. Afterwards. No, a year later. One of the many parodies talks about that, how the, what did they say, the 116 pound woman's year long journey to get to 112 pounds. I know, right. Um, yeah. And, and I, you know, I get it. And, and, you know, they couldn't, it, it, so there's a lot of discussion around the fact that she's thin and fit already. Mm-hmm. And which may be why she wanted the Peloton bike. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it could be. We'll go with that. It could be. It's not like Gracie's husband who bought her ankle weights. Ankle weights for their first anniversary. Yeah. And That's she didn't not ask the message those. you want. No, that was not on her wish list. No. And I don't think ankle weights is on any of those anniversary items. There's plastic and wood and whatever, but no. Ankle weights is not one of them. But I thought of that too. I was actually going to say that of that's what it reminded me of when, when after the Peloton girl's year long journey, she thanks him. Really? Yeah. So I, I and I think had had you know all those years ago, Gracie not gotten the ankle weights, I might not have been as keyed in, cued in to mm-hmm. that the first time I watched. I watched it the first time. Went Ooh, oh, not no. good. But. There are lots of people who would love to have a Peloton bike. Yes. I mean, we have lots of people we know who use them or, you know, people who use something like that. We actually, I know a lot of people who are actually cyclists. And so, you know, it's, it's a great gift, bad commercial. But it's got a lot of publicity out of that. You know, people for, are for talking about it. For the bad press, there have been, I've seen at least four parodies of different kinds of things. My favorite isn't a parody. Yes, Do we'll get want, to that one. Mm-hmm. Well, the parodies first. I mean, yep. we've seen everything from the journey of losing four pounds in a year to Peloton for poor people, where it's just a an actual bike with a laptop strapped on the the oh, handlebars, that funny. and she drives around her apart little tiny apartment in like a two miles an hour. Um, that one was good. Well, she can go like ten feet. Yes, that's great. There's there have been some with the actual commercial with just demonic voices of "Help me, help me" over top, more like "Help me, help me." <laughs> Yeah, those are kind of funny. But the the end all be all is the follow-up commercial. Oh my gosh. So yesterday, the Peloton girl is in an aviation gin commercial. Which is Ryan Reynolds gin. Which is Ryan Reynolds gin. And I saw it on his Instagram because I follow him on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you have got to watch this. This So it's, it's the Peloton girl. And she's sitting at a bar with her two friends. They're talking, you know, it's like, it's okay. This is a safe space. And so she starts drinking the gin. And she's like, this gin's really smooth. And like, we can buy you more. And, you know, so they're kind of going on and on. You can, it's, they're intimating that perhaps she's not been happy about having a Peloton bike. The last year. For the last year. And maybe she's free. she and her husband are no longer together. And so anyway, so it, it's this great commercial. And, you know, they're just before they fade to black at the end, um, one of the friends says to the Peloton girl, you look great, by the way. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my uh... gosh. So funny. Mm-hmm. And it, what's really hysterical is that when Ryan Reynolds, it was Aviation Gin, but I can't remember if I saw it on the Van City or on the Aviation Gin site, but it was in the con- or in the description. It said exercise bike not included. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I was laughing so hard at that. I even saw CNN broadcast where they were trying to describe the parodies and the guy just wasn't getting it. He's <laughs> like, I don't understand what these products have to do with each other. One is gin and one's an exercise bike. Nothing. It's funny. 
It's just funny. So it's just funny. So I don't want a Peloton bike. No, excellent. For Christmas. You get ankle weights. That's I, what I hear I, everybody wants. Yeah, no, I don't want those either. Okay. Tonight we'll take a picture that we'll post on in my outfit, my podcasting outfit, my new with tags and lingerie. With Avion. With some aviation gin, not Avion. Avion, okay, you can have your water. I'm not gonna have aviation water. Gin. Uh, maybe I'll have gin and water. True. But I'm sure there are gonna be a dozen more parodies on the Peloton girl. She's got a career now. Oh, I mean, but, oh, did you hear? So the guy, the the husband, who you see like in maybe five seconds of the commercial, like you see him sitting on the couch, he's he's actually like, I won't say getting death threats because that's very dramatic, but people are like, you know, he's a horrible husband. And he's like, I'm I'm an an actor. actor. But yeah, he's like, I don't know what this will do for my career. I'm like, nobody's going to remember him. Now, the Peloton girl, kudos to her for capitalizing. Right off the bat, the timing was perfect. But the marketing people at Aviation Gin, oh my gosh, slow hand clap, because that was just absolutely brilliant. Peloton gets some free advertising out of it. They're being pretty quiet, you know, like I said. They have had 700,000 views and all kinds of media talk and backlash. And they're like, if 1% of their viewers buy that it it pays for itself yeah but their stock dropped it did people are still gonna buy it i didn't hear what happened to it whether it rebounded late on friday i didn't i didn't hear when they said like the stock dropped by like almost 20 percent or something it was crazy sometimes a bad commercial is just a bad commercial sometimes it's just the thing that people talk about right if it had been a super bowl commercial it would have been exceedingly successful right because people were talking about it but still i still think it's just a bad commercial i'm gonna just look at them and shake my head speaking of super bowl i was listening to my favorite sports talk yesterday and where they air it frequently the peloton commercial and they were defending it like hmm that's a statement when they have to defend commercials were they defending the sponsorship or were they defending the commercial? A little bit of both. I mean, it is there. They play it all the time. So I think they were just like, it's, you know, just taken out of context, more the view. Well, and again. Which it was. It Well, yes. And, and honestly, it's a pretty innocuous commercial, right? It really is. No, it was entertaining, to say the least. It was entertaining. I'm sure most people have seen the commercial, at least the main one, but the parody's great. Oh. And you, and you have to see the, 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 a- gin, the, the aviation, aviation gin, gin commercial is, is great. Oh, my God. I laughed, 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 laughed. Brilliant, brilliant. Really, truly slow clap on that one. So I think that covers the Peloton topic, and it's about time to move into our next segment. And this time, our tribe is going to get to actually hear from you. Yeah, whether they want to or not. Whether they want to or not. So I think it's about time to hear your Dear Paul letter. Since this is my first letter to my 20-year-old self, I just thought I'd preface it with, I'm new to this, so give me a break. Dear Paul, you're now in your early 20s, kind of cocky, but pretty popular at a sizable university, and you are living life to the fullest. Thousands of people know you by name, and meeting new people and setting up dates is pretty easy for you now. For the first time in your life, you've got a little confidence and even a little game. You can close a deal with women. Congratulations to you. Well, enjoy this while you can, because it will not last long. Remember how pathetic you were at dating in high school? Your future dating life and ability to close a deal is even bleaker. As a reminder of high school, you struggled just to ask people out. 
when you got the balls to actually ask someone out, you got shot down most of the time. And worse, you were ghosted before ghosting was even a thing. Thoughts of closing a deal were as likely as you landing on the moon. You were inept at best in the dating world. The good news is, you've got a year or two to still be able to close a deal. Don't miss that opportunity. And learn what you do that works. And please share that with your future self. You will close the deal one more time, and it'll be the ultimate close. It'll be your wife. You don't know it, but you already know the love of your life. In fact, she's at the other end of this long table from you now. Yes, she's dating her high school sweetheart, and will be engaged soon, but you will close that deal, and it will be awesome. It'll take three or four years, but you are persistent and will wear her down to the point where she'll say yes just to shut you up. Did I remind you? You really suck at this. Unfortunately, that may be the last time you ever close a deal in your life. Yes, marriage is the ultimate deal to close, but you are going to find a second chapter of your life where you and your wife actually can date again with other people. How fascinating is that? The bad news is that as good as you two are now individually at closing the deal, collectively you won't be able to get past a handshake or maybe a fist bump. You really suck at this. Please don't just drop the mic on taking notes of how your single friends continue to close the deal, even after you're married. You're going to want to hone those skills for the future. So enjoy the now. Carpe diem. But work on closing the deal. I promise you, you'll thank me for that advice later. It's quite a topic we have to talk about today. It is. I don't know. That's kind of embarrassing, actually. It is as well. One one at how inept we are. And two, it's kind of a weird topic to talk about. Yeah, and, and I don't. I don't particularly love the phrase, closing the deal. Me either. But we couldn't come up with anything better. Maybe I'll explain what we mean by closing the deal. Yeah, why don't you talk about that? For our terms, it's probably anything past flirty banter and a kiss on the cheek goodnight, really. We love the banter. It's actually our favorite part of anything we do in the lifestyle. It is. The flirting, the camaraderie, the banter. But we'd frequently like to take it a little further, and we just don't do well at that. We don't. We really suck at it, actually. Let's be honest. So you do know that our friends make fun of us, right? A lot of our friends make fun of us. There's one couple in particular that we talk to a lot that they text us anytime they know we're going somewhere and go, did you close the deal? Because they're mocking us. They are mocking us. And we've talked to them how bad we are at closing the deal or getting anything to progress past just fun banter. And we were meeting them out of, actually out of town for uh, a club, and they were there the night before, and they went to a show, and we were at a bar. And they're texting us, we're going to leave the show early. So they left the show early, and they came to join us at the bar. Good sign. So what do we do? We, we tell them how bad we are at closing the deal for like half an hour, just example after example. And then what do we do to end the night? Kiss on the cheek and we leave. I know. It was bad. We, we, it was we, late. In all, in all fairness, so Nikki will say that, you know, you get, if you get to 2 o'clock, everybody sort of turns into a pumpkin at 2 o'clock. And this was actually really late. It was maybe not quite 2. But at 2 o'clock, you're sort of like, yeah, no, I don't got any energy to play anymore. So that's part of our problem is that we don't, we haven't figured out how to take things to that next step, mm-hmm. right? Whatever that next step is. And we, we talk about it sort of tongue-in-cheek in in closing the deal Yes, is really just about how do we take it to the next level beyond talking and flirting and... Actually, case in point, that same couple, 
we saw them the next night at a party and talked with them and flirted with them and at the club at the club and the two o'clock comes around and they looked at us and go we're gonna go back to the hotel and have sex you guys do whatever (laughs) like we know where this is gonna end it's not gonna end well (laughs) it's not gonna end well (laughs) so for those guys we are sorry we suck at this okay so while our friends joke about it and we even joke about it why is it, do you think, I mean, you did, when you were in college, you absolutely had game. Without a doubt, you had game. What happened to me? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm, I'm actually being a little serious. Like, So what? am I. What happened to me? What happened to us? Maybe it's because we lived in that vanilla, married, monogamous world for so long that you know, we just, we were just friends with everybody. I mean, we love building relationships. And I think as we build relationships, it's difficult to know where to go after that. And that's happened numerous times. We have many, many groups of friends that we just can't or haven't been able to go anything past that yet. And we want to. Well, and it's, yeah, it's not, that sounds really bad. It does. And it's not, It's just simply we enjoy them. We enjoy spending time so much with them that we'll sit and talk until two or three and be like, it's time to go to bed. It's time to go to bed, right? Mm -hmm. It's, you know, we, even when we start early, we've tried starting early, but we just have no game anymore. We just don't. We don't. So I think it's because we sort of lived in that vanilla, married, monogamous dynamic for so long that you kind of those things all get rusty what do you think i think it's because we like the friendship part of the lifestyle so much that we just like talking to people like flirting with people it's fun we don't pick up signs that's that's a start maybe that's what it is yeah we are the worst at reading signs uh, so okay so i've been thinking about this as we were thinking about this episode i know you've been working through this for a week or two now Maybe now that we've podcasted it, it'll get out of your head and we can, you know. Maybe. I wake up at night and think of another story of, wow, that was just an opportunity of something we could have seen, but we didn't. I've been thinking about it because we've talked about it. We've come home from a party or a club or vacation and we've been like, okay, we start like talking about it because we like to share that sort of sexy talk, right? We do. That's our favorite part. We're not complete wallflower duds. I hope not. Well, it's not for us to judge, but I hope not. I, we certainly, uh, I, we're not duds, but I think sometimes I struggle, and have always struggled with why on earth would other people find me attractive? And I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous when I say it out loud, but I mean, going back ten or fifteen years, we'd be at the grocery store or the mall or wherever and you'd be like oh did you see him checking you out I'm like he like looked at me as he walked by like you weren't confident enough to experience it yeah I don't know if that's exactly it because I don't know if there's anything to be experienced when you're being checked out there's no that's a passive activity but I do think that's part of my wall and walls maybe a bad idea my blocker that's probably a better word. blocker that's i think that's word. part of my blocker with going to a club uh or a party or wherever and you know you're hanging out and you're talking to people and i have a lot of social confidence in the vanilla world 
We both do. And being with a bunch of people while I am actually an introvert, because I prefer to get my batteries recharged and quiet, give me a book or Netflix and quiet time and I'm happy. But I am comfortable in groups. I talk to people. I can do the small talk thing. The responses people give me are generally positive. So I, I know how to play that game. And I, it's like I continue to play that game Always. in, in the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it's, you have to pivot a little bit. Transition. Yeah, it's not even, well, transition is our problem, but it's more, what I'm thinking of is more the, when you're at an office party or a neighborhood party and you're talking to people, you know, you're engaging, you're laughing. There is a level of flirting, but not overt flirting that happens in the wild, in in the vanilla world. Um, In the less than wild. In the less than, there you go. You do all of those things out in the vanilla world. And when you get into the lifestyle, there is a a little pivot where the atmosphere, the message is more overt um, than quiet. Right? I think I think you quietly send people signals that you like them in the vanilla world. Right? When you like someone or are attracted to someone in the lifestyle, you have to be more overt about it. You have to be more. It's much more of a it's, it's not a confidence, but it's just much more of a method of communicating and interacting, right? There's a lot more, instead of sending things with body language with just your face, there's touching, right? I mean, you, like, you might put your arm on somebody's shoulder or on their arm when you're talking. Um, you know, you're leaning in more than you do in a vanilla setting. There's a lot of that. It's just a little bit different than in the vanilla world. And I think that's part of what I've not been able to really transition to very well true and i think for those in our tribe that know us know we talk to people all the time and we are very comfortable in each other and we sometimes just talk independently Mm -hmm. and i think that's where we've there have been times where we've regrouped after a conversation oh i talked to so and so and you talked to their spouse and there were signs that neither of us picked up on that like hmm we're stupid. That's the worst. I mean, and again, it's not to say that it would have gone anything more no. than to whatever that next step was. I'm not even talking about like actual full on play. What I see and when we've had couples who we've interacted with and we have progressed to play, there is sort of a ratcheting up, a leveling up of behavior of um I'm going to call it dirty talk of, right, you you sort of start ramping that up Mm -hmm. as you're testing the waters and seeing where you might want this to go and how far you might want it to go, right? It it kind of, that's all happening simultaneously, I think. And we have come back home from parties and you're telling me about things that the wife said or did. And I've told you things about what the husband said or did. And we might be within 10 feet of one another when all of this is going on. But we both seem to be kind of oblivious to like That's the whole general four dynamic that we've come back home and gone, oh my gosh, how did we miss that? You start putting the puzzle pieces together and they all fit. And you're like, oh, okay, I think they were sending us all the signs. Right. And maybe it's just that there's more of us that are bad at it 
at taking it to that next level than are good at it. Maybe that's what it is, right? Could be. Because when we've, when we've interacted with people who are really good at it, you know, when, when we've been around and even just when we've watched The Closer, it's a nickname we've given one of our friends. When we've watched The Closer, you can completely see how all of that just happens, right? And we've been on the other end of that where we've been part of that close. I'm glad they could close. Glad they can close it. Right. Exactly. That's so I wonder if it's maybe there's just more of us out there that can't figure out how to really get it to the next level than can. And maybe that's why we it's while we may be bad at it, maybe that the people who we are around are nearly as bad at it as we are. That's true. I think some of it is that early on in the lifestyle, we didn't know if we wanted anything to progress. So we were a little hesitant The banter and Flirtiness was fun, but we didn't know how far we wanted to go. I mean, we kind of did, but we still operate in that mode. Maybe. To some degree. And we have blatantly missed signs of when another couple is interested. Even And we don't realize it until we talk about it later. An example, um, there was one time when the spouse had her arm around me and she was watching you with her husband and made comments of, my husband has never done that before. He is really into her. And my response was, well, yeah, it's kind of hot. And it stopped right there. And I just want to smack you upside the head. Please do. Because it was loud enough. I couldn't hear that mm-hmm. conversation. And it was clear that you two were, you know, were uh, attracted to one another. You were standing very close. There was a lot of physical contact. And I don't mean that in a sexual way. Oh, a connection. But there is the personal space shrinks. And, you know, looking back at that time, there was very little personal space between the husband and I and very little personal space between the wife and you. And there was a lot of, I call it that side contact, standing arms, you know, arms around each other's waist, shoulder to thigh, or in my case, it depends on how tall the guy is, right? It's to where um, it touches. Yeah. <laughs> shoulder to waist or elbow to whatever. But there was a lot of that going on. And these are, you know, they're, they're people who we had met before. I mean, this wasn't the first time we had mm-hmm. met them and we really like them. They're, they're great people, but there's just that moment of this is really nice. I'm digging it. I just, for whatever reason, like the light bulb doesn't go off in my head. When I was standing there, I'm going, okay, he doesn't, I'm not repulsive, right? Because I'm like completely no, you're not. pulled into his side and, you know, we're talking and it was very much a him initiating that. I can see that in retrospect. In fact, even at the time I had been in the bathroom or something and I had walked back up to the three of you guys standing there and he was like I had left for three years and he hadn't seen me it was just this moment of okay me like I really truly sort of like looked over my shoulder I think I actually physically was like looking over my shoulder when he has his arms I'm like I, so I don't know I I think that is that's a I think it goes back to that idea of you know really other people would we're, find me attractive I, and it's crazy we're like, not, we're not worthy kind of kind of but it you know not it we don't feel that way but it's kind of like it defaults to that <clears throat> there are times where i'm like okay you know that couple is really sexy and we'll start talking and in my head i'm like oh i'm so, i'm so out kicking my coverage here i don't know what to do so it doesn't matter if it's somebody i would perceive as being more attractive than us or than me And it's not an intimidation thing, but, you know, I mean, who was it that said, I I can't remember, I think it was one of the podcasters talking, like, almost everybody thinks they're a seven. And 
I don't know if I'm a seven or a five, but we know that there are nines and tens out there. We've seen them. We've seen them. and But it doesn't matter. We are equally as bad at people who, you know, we would look at or talk about later and go, okay, they were really sexy. And, you know, they may have been a nine or a 10. And people who I go, they're just like us, right? I would put them at whatever the same level I would put myself at. So it doesn't matter. It's not about they're too hot for us or whatever. It's just, I don't know. I have not, I guess I just haven't figured out how to engage that part of my brain in the moment to go, this must be a really good sign when the husband's excited to see me come back from, you know, being gone for a whopping 10 minutes. And it's just crazy. It's, I look back at it and in my head, I'm like, how did I not do that? But at the same time, I do it all the time. Mm -hmm. Anywhere we go, we do that. And it's, I'll say we're in our own little world, but I'm in my world and you're in your world. And when we talk about it afterwards, what, what just happened? It's um, so frustrating. And not because I don't necessarily want to play with everybody we meet. We didn't even like really kiss that couple that I was talking about. We had a quick kiss, a couple of quick kisses, but we didn't like really kiss them. Oh. For any, for any period of time. So when I'm talking about taking it to the next level. It's not a far level. It's not. something. This is not a big bar to get over. I don't know what it is. So I've been trying to listen. I've listened to like, how do other people do this? And, and I've come up with a couple of good things. And we'll talk about them when we're ready to talk about how do we not suck at this so much. So it's not that we're completely inept, though. We have closed the deal before. We have. We just don't do it with the frequency that we... In hindsight, realize that we probably could have to just transition, right? True. So, you know, when we were coming back from our trip to Nashville and realized that we had spent time with friends that we wanted to move to the next level and we never figured out how to do that, even though with one of the couples, we had actually been to the next level with them. This was... It's like 50 first dates. It is like 50 first dates. We, that, that summarizes us. It's Groundhog Day meets 50 first dates. Meets Dory. It's Dory. It's not that that we can't do it, but I thought it was funny. We were driving home, and so I'm like, we were just talking about how much we suck at this. And so I was on my, got on my phone, and we were driving in the car, and, and I just Googled how to close a deal. And the very first thing that comes up when I Google that is six effective sales strategies to close deals faster. And I'm like, okay, well, this is a sales thing. That's not exactly what I was looking at. But in the Google search, like it gave a preview of the results. So I thought maybe we could walk through them so that the next time that we're out at a lifestyle event or a club or whatever, it may be New Year's Eve at this rate. Maybe we can use these six strategies. We'll have notes. We'll yeah. have notes. I might actually write them write on them my on hand. hand. You know, if I get sweaty, I don't know what that'll do. The ink will smear. I'll have to use some sort of permanent Sharpie maybe on my ass or something. It's been done. It has been done. The first thing, identify the decision maker. We've talked about this before and other podcasters have talked about it. Women in the lifestyle really sort of rule the pathways. Mm -hmm. And anytime we've seen something transition, it's usually because the two women have a physical connection, whether it's a kiss or a touch. Well, or even if we're just at the same level. So I have managed to close a few deals. We're not going to talk about them because some of them will lead to sexy stories and we're going to hold those off. But going with the first rule of Inc. magazines, how to effectively close a deal, um, identifying the decision maker, which generally yeah. is the women. Part of why we can't close a deal is because we turn everything into a, to a lecture. <laughs> oh, stop it. Maybe that's why. People like our podcast. Okay. 
And it's, this is fun. <laughs> so the second thing, be real. <laughs> okay. I so think we can do that. We can do that. That's not a problem for us. When we make it in a hot tub with people, it's pretty real. Well, or in... We're, we're authentic. I will start that. That Okay, we're one out of six. That's Actually, right. One out of six points. We, we have the authenticity down. I hope. So here's the next one. Create a sense of urgency. So That's happened once. Well, yeah, but not not where we were closing the deal. Uh, um, that, that was... Yeah. That was in our last sexy story. Yeah, okay. So the, the description is... Attach a deadline to the deal to help give the client an incentive to commit, whether it's a discount or something free. <laughs> we got the free part. And the timeline, something we have learned, it's not a good idea after four in the morning to start activities. That's true. We have done that's that. A, and that's tough. It is. So attach a deadline to the deal to help give them an incentive to commit. It doesn't mean to rush them, it goes on to say. It simply means give them a little extra reason why it's the right choice. It's the right choice. It's the You're right the choice. Right choice. You, we are the right choice. So number four, overcome objections, <laughs> which... They're our own, not theirs. I know, More right? often than not. More often than not, right? And they may have them too. But. It, so, but if you think about it, if we're talking about negotiating what's on and off the table... Negotiating boundaries. Mm -hmm. Contract negotiations. Those do not end well for me. <laughs> or me. Jeez. Oh, that's another story for some yeah. other failure we've had. Thanks for reminding me. Mm -hmm. So there we go. We're even. Yeah. <laughs> I reminded you that you don't close the deal. I reminded myself that even when I close the deal, I can you still close the deal. I can still fuck it up. Yes. <sighs> okay. Some other time, our tribe. So overcoming objections. But if really, if you think about it, that could be setting boundaries within the play. Like, what are you open to doing? Although I think number five is kind of funny. And for us, I think maybe the sticking point, maybe we need to not follow a sales strategy, but know your competition. <laughs> I love That's that one. everybody around that us. That is everyone around us. And I think we are... And it, we don't view it as... It's, no. it's coopetition. We're all in this together. Oh, that was really good. We are, we are all about compersion. Yeah, cooperation. If somebody else closes a deal, we're still happy about that. We are. That That is absolutely true. That is absolutely mm. true. I, I fear we've been a hindrance from that happening more often than I want to share. Want to get out of the way. Unfortunately, this has a different meaning for me today than it did when we were coming home from Nashville. And number six is watch what you say. Watch what you say. Circular arguments are never good. No, that's true. We learned that one last last time. But it's don't put your foot in your mouth. And I would say as much as it's watch what you say, it's a little bit of also having prepared transitions, which we don't do, right? We that's that's not something we do. We've when we've closed the deal, we've had a natural It's been organic progression. But really, we have transitioned the deal. I want to make a point of we're going to have to get to the place where we can move it along. We've, we've had some really good examples of that um, where we've watched people who have really strong skills at moving things along, at transitioning play, at transitioning to whatever that next step is that we need to like watch and learn. It's very ironic that we've both fairly effective at this in the vanilla world and we're just lost here and i know that about myself i mean if you take any of those personality tests from work or whatever you know my berkman is like 
you need to take in all of the information before you're willing to make a decision. And uh, you are the is same too. way. Mine is identical. And I, that may be what's holding us back. Mm-hmm. We process. We do. And we, we sit back and, life. yeah, we sit back and sort of take said, it all in. It, but obviously we don't my, take it all my, in because we miss signs. So who yeah, knows? My tests, uh, my testing says I'll process it and have a solution after the fact, which is consistent on the drive home. That's true. Or when we're back in our room going, hmm, I know what I would do now. I think we should stop talking about all of our failures. Oh, there's more coming, but that this is just one topic. For today. For today. For tonight. We only hit a fraction of them, mind you. So this is probably a good time for a public apology to all of our friends. Because one, we give mixed signals. I think we and do. more importantly, we don't read the ones they give us, good or bad. So we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we're sorry. Give we, us another chance. We love you. On that note, I think our sexy story for tonight has to do with someone who, quite frankly knew how to close a deal very well and gave us one of the most amazing nights that we've had true should we talk should we transition to sexy stories i'd much rather do that yes let's do that So you're going to make me tell the sexy story tonight, aren't you? Yes, I am. It's your turn. I did the last one. You did the last one. And I don't know, I don't use my words very well. So we're going to try this and you'll have to jump in. It's mostly I just don't do the details well. So you'll have to help me out with those. So this sexy story was at our favorite place in the whole world. And not to many surprises, that's where a lot of our great stories have taken place. It's at Desire Pearl. It's where we met most of our great friends. Our tribe has grown from there. And that's really why our tribe exists to begin with. It's true. So we were at Desire Pearl. It's been within the last year or so. And we had been there for, it was near the end of the week of our week there. And we had a couple that we had been talking to in the pool, in the hot tub, at the club, kind of off and on through that week for three or four days at least. We're going to call him Danny and we'll call her Tess. Danny and I had connected in lots of really interesting ways. I mean, we were having uh, conversations that were about work without being about work. That sounds really odd and I don't know how to describe it better. They were very intellectual conversations. Yes. Thought-provoking. It was not about what we do, um, because I don't know what he did for a living. I kind of have a sense of what he did, but I don't know what he did. Uh, Much like many places in the lifestyle, you kind of talk about what you do, but not necessarily where you work. We had been having conversations, and not only did I have these sort of intellectual conversations with them, but I had a really strong physical connection with him. He was very, very sexy to me. He had really strong yeah he had amazing blue eyes he just was amazing you were captivated from the get-go I was I was not in a giddy schoolgirl kind of way though interestingly enough because again we were having conversations that were more cerebral than that so we had spent the days in the pool you know I'd had conversations with him separately I had conversations with her they had done some really interesting experiences that were um, intriguing to me. 
And we were at the disco and we'd been dancing and having a lot of fun. And I was always aware of where he was in the room. Yes, you were. I was. And you were aware of where she was as well. I mean, it wasn't you had an attraction to her, but let's be honest, it was all about me. Yeah, it it really was. was. This whole story is going to be all about me. And so we're dancing and he was standing back by the bar. He and his wife were standing back at the bar and we're dancing and my wingman, I gave her the nickname was was because of this story. So we're all dancing on the dance floor and we're having a good time and it's starting to clear out. It's getting a little bit late, but all the time I'm on the dance floor, I am acutely aware that he's watching me. And he's watching me in sort of that very, I'm trying not to watch you kind of way. So, you know, we'd be dancing and I'd be facing the back of the room, the bar. I'd see him watching me. So I would deliberately move us around so that I couldn't make eye contact with him. I would move us around and then figured he was watching my ass. Actually, I can't remember what the theme night was that night. Masquerade. You were wearing your Oh, I had my lingerie on. That's right. I did. I forgot about that. And it looked really nice on me. So I would turn us so that you were facing the back of the room and I figured he was looking at my ass and then we'd sort of turn and I'd turn so I could like see him again and like catch his eye, but then look away. I was doing this whole weird flirty girl thing that I do. So he and his wife were at the bar and as we walked back and and got a drink, we're standing at the back in the bar and Tess approaches me and was talking about, you know, we're really interested in having you guys come back up to the room along with your wingman and her husband, but you know, not sure how you feel about that. And I'm like, well, that could be fun. And so I was sort of like, yes, please. And so very much. Yes, I was. And I said, do you want me to make this happen? Because I absolutely could approach our wingman. And So she's like, sure. So I go out and I kind of pull her aside and I'm like, okay, we have this opportunity. What do you think? So we're sort of, we're on the dance floor and we're dancing and we're having this really this conversation about, I don't know, you know, I I thought that would be okay, but how do we leave? And it was just this whole thing. We were actually, I think at that point, Tess came out. So the girls kind of migrated together and we were dancing and I think we were being flirty. It was just the girls and you were very flirty. It was fun to watch. I thought it was funny because you told me later that Danny said like the guys were going to go out onto the dance floor. And what did he say? You can't make this any better. Just let them be themselves. We cannot make this any better. We cannot make that situation any better. And I had to agree with him. It was very sexy. The women dancing playfully. It's a good time. It was a good time. So we we all decided that we were going to meet at Danny and Tessa's room. We go back to our room because I'm like, hey, I want to clean up. I want to grab our speaker. But we grabbed our bag and we, we walked across the hall and knocked on their door. And so we were sitting there in their kind of in their couch area. So the six of us were sitting in the room and Tess was sort of laying out the rules. And I thought, this is pretty amazing. There was a, a bit of an age difference between Danny and Tess. Tess she being was, younger. Tess was younger. She was like, well, I'll play, I'll kiss, I'll touch, we can you know, oral's all good. And she sort of laid out the rules, particularly for the two guys and her. And she was pretty much like, and whatever Danny wants, Danny gets. So we moved to the bedroom and the three girls start playing. Good things happen when the girls start playing together. Good things happen when girls play together. Just saying. 
so the we're all three kind of on the bed. And I remember one of the things I remember Tess saying was that she was a lesbian from the waist up, which I thought was just funny. Not necessarily how I would have phrased it, but I completely knew what she meant. So we're just sort of kissing and touching and playing. And she gets up off the bed and goes over to the seating area. And we're on the bed. The wingman, myself, and Danny are on one bed. And the wingman's husband and Tess and you are over in the other bed. I'm going to be honest. I lost track of you. I was enjoying myself. So I'm going to describe what was happening on our bed. And then you can describe what was going on over there. Um, Because I really, I knew you were there, but I lost track. So the three of us, we sort of had a, um, an FMF going on on the one bed and kissing and touching and he's using fingers and we're like having this really great time and we play for maybe maybe 10 minutes I don't know I it seemed like like an hour and a half but I know it wasn't quite that long and he has made me come and I'm like I need a minute I sort of have done this mic drop in my head I'm I'm sort of done and Danny got a drink or something And so my wingman and I are like laying on the bed and we're sort of facing each other. And she looked at me and she's like, you want to fuck him, don't you? And I'm going to be honest, really, that thought did not enter my head until that moment. I know you don't believe me, but it's true. And I just, I remember looking at her and I'm like, I do. Like, this was like some big surprise to me. And she's like, I want to watch. And I'm like, Okay. So I've kind of, so I I know I need a break. So I'm getting off the bed and I felt kind of bad because my wingman's husband comes over and he's wanting to play. And I'm like, look, I, I, I need a minute. I was sort of like given the time out, right? I was like, I'm, I need a minute. This is just me. And so it turns kind of into an MFM, Danny and the wingman and her husband are on the bed, one bed. And so I come over to where you're playing. Now, we're going to pause the story here. I don't know what's been going on over on the other bed. We were playing cards. <laughs> we lost track of you guys early on. It was pretty benign. Liar. 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 No. It was very, lots of play. Kissing. What was your perspective of the layout of the rules and boundaries and you know she very much took control of that conversation Mm -hmm. there was no question that there was one person who was leading that charge and that was tess yeah she closed the deal and administered the deal yeah yeah actually having the rules set up was really nice because we knew what not to cross Mm -hmm. worked great and we got to enjoy watching all of what was going on with multiple players in and out on the other on the other bed so once tess left the bed what happened when she came over and and joined. Well, it was kind of, you know, it, was, it was the three of us. Were you guys standing up? We were the watching. The three of you guys were standing, and it was like kind watching of a, on the bed? It was kind of a test sandwich. Um, just standing and dancing. It was kind of fun. Um, but then we went over to the to the bed area and, and played quite a bit there. But we were watching as much as anything, which was very hot. She was describing what was going on at different points. Kind of a, kind of a narrator. Really? One point. Mm-hmm. I liked her stories, but I was watching the stories, so... So my wingman's husband gets up and comes over to play on the mm-hmm. other bed. And so it leaves the two of you. Mm-hmm. you know, I'd watched you guys for a little bit. 
you had been going down on her and I walked over to the bed and scooched you out of the way and I was kissing her and I said to her, look, I'd like to full swap with Danny, but I want to make sure that you're okay with it. She had said at the beginning, like, whatever is fine. But I felt like I needed, again, explicit consent. I am a rule follower. I mean, I remember she, I could, I remember the smile in her eyes and she's like, oh, that's fine. Okay. Like, I just wanted to check. And then I checked with you. So I checked with her first. Sorry. She made the top two. You okay. made the top two. I knew you were going to be okay with it. I was. We knew going into it. I'm like, are you okay with this? And you're like, yep. Because this was going to be an occasion because of the boundaries and the rules that was set up where I was going to have the opportunity to do a full swap and you were not. And that was something I was a little worried about. Um, so even though I asked you second, if, if she wasn't interested, then I didn't even need to bring it up um, or if she wasn't okay with it. And so are you sure you're okay? Because we knew that this was going to be a one-sided experience. And that's not how we had envisioned that ever happening. And so, I mean, I can remember like looking at you and going, you know, are you okay with this? And you're like, yep. And I'm like, <laughs> I remember looking and going, really? Or like, are you really okay with this? Because I wasn't about to do anything that was going to make you uncomfortable. And you're like, you betcha. And I'm like, okay. So I remember going back over and I was kind of up on my knees on the bed and I was saying to Dan, I sort of leaned into Dan and I kissed him and I leaned in and like was talking just in his ear so that nobody else could hear. It was just he and I. I said, so I would like to full swap and I ver and I've checked with Tess and Tess is good with it. And so if that's something you're interested in, what do you think? Look at me closing the deal. One of the best things, because, I mean, this this was somebody who I found really attractive, and I was putting myself out there. Oh, yeah. he, Yeah. But his eyes, I just saw that kid come out at him like he was going to get the best Christmas present in the world. He did. And he was like, yes, that would be great. And I just, I remember those blue eyes just sparkling and twinkling. And so I had grabbed a condom from the stand because I'm a girl who's prepared, I handed him the condom. He put it on. I don't know why I didn't. I didn't. So it's just Danny and I on the bed and we're going to, we're going to full swap. So he's nice and erect and the condom's on and he comes in where I'm actually on my back and he's, he slides into me from the front and he had a very nice cock and he starts just pounding me which was perfect. It was exactly what I wanted. There was, this was not a slow thing. This was like, we both had been waiting for it. And so we're gonna make this happen. Just remember that was my first ever full swap. And, and I, I remember having the moment of, okay, well, this isn't, this isn't as weird as I thought it would be. This is, this is really good. And then I'm going to be honest, my mind sort of fuzzed out for a while um, as all the endorphins went bathing my brain. And so I came hard and he was sort of like, you know, what do you need? And I'm like, I'm good. I reach down and sort of do my signature move that you like so much. And I like I cupped his balls and kind of like got the back part of his penis with my two fingers. And I kind of just gave it a stroke and gave kind of the balls a little bit of a pull. And I remember him looking at me, he's got his arms propped on the bed and he's like, you're cheating. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm having a really good time. Let's go. It did not take him long to come, which was amazing. And then we were sort of, sort of the play was done from my perspective. 
But in the meantime, you're over on the other side of the room watching. I was trying to watch. You were trying to watch. I was distracted. Wingman came over. I was very much into Tess kissing and displaying. And and out of nowhere, someone is sucking me from between my legs. Where did that come from? So that was a little distracting. So I get to watch as much as I like. But I was enjoying what I was doing. Yeah, it was it was a great, great opportunity, and it was a an amazing experience. We sort of cleaned up, we grabbed our stuff, we were in the same building, so it made it really easy to just kisses, hugs, nice to meet you, off we went, and then we went back to our room, and you pounded me like a man possessed. I did. Yeah, that was a good time. You pounded me like a man possessed. Gee, many Christmas it was hard. <laughs> Um, and it lasted a lot, actually longer than I would have expected given the fervor, um, with which you were reconnecting with me would be the word I will use. But that, so that's what I remember about that night. It was a good time. It was a good time. And it wouldn't have happened if Tess wasn't as skilled at closing the deal. It's true. And I remember afterward, you're like, wow, I really didn't see that coming. I'm like. (laughs) You're the only one in the room that didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. But I think that also plays into... We're clueless. To a bit of being clueless. You know, in the moment, I was good. I was take charge in the moment. But I had a really good understanding that this was going to be okay. Right? This, is, this, was, this was the expectation. So anyway, that's the sexy story for tonight. It's a good thing that Tess and and Danny can close the deal. It was an amazing night. I'm very thankful that my wingman was there uh, with me. She shows up at good moments. She does show up at good moments. There's lots of sexy stories with our with mm. our wingman too. So on that note, it's late. I'm a little horny. I'm glad. We need to take a picture. We do. But then we need to play. We do. All right. Good night, Paul. Good night, Jamie. Let's go play. Let's play. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the New with Tags podcast. We love having you in our tribe. Follow us on Twitter at New with Tags Pod. Or you can email us at New with Tags Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find sexy pictures of Jamie on Instagram as New with Tags Podcast. Now, go out there and live your most authentic lives. Seize the day. <laughs>